Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I think I'm going to have me a um, Geary's Pale Ale. Mm. This is um, this comes out of um, Portland, Portland, Maine. Ah, I always wanted to go to Maine. Does it rain a lot up there? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. They're 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 really known for like uh, seafood, right? Yeah. Seafood, like yeah. I think you're clams right. Clams and stuff. <laughs> Maine. That w- wasn't that also one of the one of the early one of the earliest yeah. American settlements. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean it's all the east coast. The, yeah, it's all along the coast. Yeah, the the northeast, I guess, were predominantly where most of the original colonies and stuff sprouted mm-hmm. up. Yeah, because that's kind of just where they landed, right? Interestingly enough, this particular beer during its creation, they were trying to sort of dedicate it or mimic it off of British style beer. Mm-hmm. That's what it says on the description: British style beer. Yeah, what's the difference between British style beer? <laughs> I don't know. An American beer. Like, I know um, if, if you've ever had, you know, Guinness. Is, oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's not British. That's Irish. Irish. <laughs> European. I don't know. It's a heavier beer. Right. Budweiser. I mean, isn't that like even German? Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> so I'm like, is there really such a thing as an American beer? Or did it all pass Blue Ribbon? Well, <laughs> so I'll take a wild guess and comes through an experience I had at our sister's house one night. Okay. Yeah. And I was staying over. It was real late, so I went to the snack drawer. I went to the pantry. Yeah. And got some snacks. And I remember MH had mentioned that some of the food was like British food. <laughs> but when I opened the pantry, I didn't see anything that looked like that. I was like, I mean, I, I don't know what, <laughs> what I, does British food look like. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I was expecting. <laughs> you were looking like, for the flag. Right. You were looking for anything that had the British flag on blue. it. <laughs> the qu- like, like on a on a on a bag of cookie like the queen's picture. So I grabbed like some Doritos and like some beef jerky and stuff. Thank you, by the way. Your your pantry was very well equipped. <laughs> That's where that went. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, whenever I was eating the Doritos, I noticed they kind of tasted really weird. <laughs> and I got to looking at them, and they kind of did look a little different. I mean, they still had the Doritos logo, but there was I mean there was something where I was able to end up finding somewhere on a label that it was like a it was something that was from Britain. It was British food. British Doritos. Yeah. I mean, I figured Doritos would just be Doritos. No, you know? they no. Actually, <laughs> I didn't know there was different versions. I mean, no, outside it was, of it's well, it was it was the nacho cheese, but it tasted more like the um, what's the blue ones? The Cool Ranch. Yeah, so it was the nacho cheese, but the British <laughs> version tasted more like the Cool Ranch Doritos. Are you sure it wasn't just the Cool Ranch? No, no, it was it was an it said <laughs> nacho cheese on it. But so it I wonder British what the Cool food. Ranch tastes like then in Britain. <laughs> the maybe, maybe they cheese. had like a maybe they had like <laughs> maybe they had like a beer it was a beer cheese flavor or something like that like pub cheese <laughs> oh it was something. delicious oh it was it was good though I liked it but I realized I was like oh that that's what she was talking about it's like well they always say that about Coca Cola too like they say that you know Coca Cola from Mexico like real fruit juice in it really yeah that so actually it, might be pretty good mm-hmm. but anyways I used to work for a lady who was actually from a really far south area of Mexico, and she would always bring in, like, these uh, Mexican candies. Oh, yeah. But it was so strange, because almost everything that was there was, like, covered in chili powder. (laughs) No, I mean, seriously, like, it was, everything had, like, chili chili powder on it, even the sweet stuff. 
It sounds kind of good, actually. I, I mean, I, it I took a little while it. to get used to it, I guess. I mean, it wasn't awful, but it was just very different, you know. It's mm-hmm. it kind of, I don't know, I guess that's the thing, chili powder. There's just every kind of candy you'd open up had some sort of chili powder on it. Well, it makes sense. I mean, as, as, a, as a company, it would benefit you to cater to the demographic you're providing to. But I don't know, apparently, I guess it's kind of like, we like sour candies, you know, we, we've got to put sour stuff on them and things <laughs> like that, I guess, or like, people like sweet and salty, oh, maybe yeah. in, you know, maybe in Mexico, they like, they like chili powder with their sweets, I don't know, it, it, was just, it was just different, it was something, you know, you were just talking about the Coca-Cola having real fruit in it, mm. I was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting how different it is from around the world, I know that I've seen... Um, like certain fast food restaurants, the food they serve in different countries is like very different, vastly different from what oh, we right. would maybe like a McDonald's or something. Right. What we would get here could be very, they could have their own mm-hmm. sandwich that's only served in Thailand or whatever, McDonald's and not sold anywhere else. Right. Or, or sometimes they serve, certain countries serve things that maybe is outdated here, like they sold it for two years and they never brought it back on the menu again but they still if they loved it in this country over here so they right. still serve it as like a full-time menu item well again i mean it's catering to your demographic oh yeah absolutely in a business sense that, that's a smart <laughs> you kind of have to i mean if you want to be successful so it, it kind of makes me wonder i think there's and i could be wrong about this maybe it was mcdonald's one of the fast food so in hawaii spam is a big thing people really <laughs> like spam in hawaii no it's a big deal like they they make a lot of dishes that. with spam yeah. and believe and i'm gonna admit i've never actually had spam ever really fried or nothing i've never had any kind of type of I spam. it's not it's not too bad what is it like potted meat yeah <laughs> it's just like hodgepodge or whatever so it's basically like the floor sweepings of the of the butcher shop, right? They just grind it all together and make some kind of wheat. They just combo of gelatin meat. I don't know what it is. Well, anyways, it's in bizarre. Hawaii, it's people really enjoy using spam for a lot of different dishes. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's actually some kind of hamburger or sandwich that the McDonald's in Hawaii serves. It's like spam based, it has like spam in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of a weird food. I'm just trying to think of It's like some strange foods that they are really popular in some countries or some areas. <laughs> Eggs and spam. And not in others, <laughs> yeah. Eggs kind of go good with everything, though. Have you ever noticed Eggs. that? It's kind of one of those universal foods, I guess. It is. Kind of like potatoes. Hey, earlier we were having a laugh because we were thinking back to this really weird, and, and I know that I saw it on YouTube, but maybe it actually came from a TV show, mm. but it was this... Um, it was this like weird um, videos, and it had this character called Old Greg in it. We were talking about this earlier. Oh yeah, old old Greg. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have seen this or know what we're talking about. But I just remember like I don't. It was so bizarre. I like we actually believed for a minute that there might have been based off a true like legend or something. Right. From, but I don't know if it is or not. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. find anything that says it is other than the show mm-hmm. or the 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 skits that they were doing but it was this bizarre like i remember in the in one of the videos this guy's like out fishing in this lake like late at night Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this weird man (laughs) called old greg and i say he's like a man i don't know what he is like a man fish or some kind of like bizarre supernatural creature but he has like seaweed hair Mm -hmm. and he's got like a little like seaweed mustache and he's all green and Really bizarre character. And he's like he's, a lake monster. Yeah, he's like a lake monster, and he's called Old Greg. And he, he I remember one scene he talks about he has a, a 
what he calls a mangina, <laughs> which I can leave your imagination and believe whatever that is, but <laughs> apparently he kidnaps these fishermen that are out in his lake or whatever, and even says, you know, what you doing in my waters? <laughs> yeah. uh, who are you? I'm old Greg. Right, and, and, and also on top of this, he has a bizarre um, hankering, shall I say, for B- Bailey's Irish cream. <laughs> or by, or, yeah, Bailey's Irish cream. Understandable. I, I don't know why that, that was a particular thing of his, but he apparently mm-hmm. liked to live off of Bailey's. <laughs> gotcha, Bailey's. It was a bizarre video. That's, that's weird. I don't know what, what made me think of that. I was just thinking about... Biz- <laughs> <laughs> you think about that's how that's how my life. mind works. I just start bo- just reminiscing back to strange, you know, <laughs> things that make no sense at all. But I remember those really popular like little skits that people used to watch all the time on YouTube, uh-huh. and and it may have come from like an actual TV show. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the show. I just remember that part of it, and it was just weird. You know, it's like, like I was like, what is going on here? What am I watching? It's like some kind of weird fever dream. <laughs> well, you got to remember, we both were around when the inception of YouTube happened. Right. When YouTube became a thing. I mean, so me and you saw it, because, I mean, hell, we were younger when YouTube started catching on and stuff. I kind of remember in the beginning, there's only, like, a few videos that were really yeah. even popular, like the peanut butter jelly time. Right, right. Uh, it was just a new age one? platform, yeah. Strong Bad. I remember this was a show, or like, this weird cartoon or something called Strong Bad <laughs> that kind of became popular really early on in YouTube. Yeah, yeah I kind of remember some of this stuff. Yeah. It was a really creative place at that time. Right. It was huge. really interesting. Now it's become the mecca that it is now. <laughs> but I mean, we, you're right. Like, we sort of lived through that 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 you know that evolutionary transition, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was very different from what it is now. I remember when social media kind of started, and it was really like MySpace used mm-hmm. to be the huge thing. I remember that yeah. everybody had a MySpace. Yeah, and then not too long after, you know that. Facebook came to be, and then everybody started kind of slowly migrating over to Facebook. But I remember kind of social media becoming a thing. You remember that? Hey, do you remember on MySpace you had, like, your number one friend? Like, kind if, you, of. if you were dating a girl and, and you didn't have her as your number one friend, she would get mad at you. You remember that? I can vaguely remember that. But, yeah, I mean, it was like, hey, it was already toxic. Just when it was just being born, it was already a toxic thing, wasn't it? Oh, huh? man, so much pressure. Why, why am I not number one? Um, I, oh, I, I hadn't even thought about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Right. It, it was oh, it would just become a mess. So it was already it was already a social media <laughs> was already toxic oh. from day one when it was created. It, it was obscene from the. But beginning. I feel like well, I say that I say, uh, MySpace was initially the first piece of social media. I feel no. like you had chat rooms and things mm-hmm. that existed long before that. And to me, that's kind of early social media to mm-hmm. a degree. You couldn't really. I don't know that you had like posts and things that would be up for people to see, but you were constantly interacting and talking. You could see chains of people communicating, mm-hmm. and you know, at that point in time, there was also kind of like early, early forms of like Reddit of what Reddit is now. There were kind actually like forums, right? Right. There were actually like a few other platforms that did the same thing that Reddit did. With you know, I mean, it was just variants of it, mm-hmm. and Reddit was kind of the major one that survived all of that. Right. Um, that, that that kind of rose to the top, and the other ones kind of just. Or actually, I take that back. Some of them may still be in use today. But yeah, Reddit was kind of a revolutionary thing too. It's just, well, I mean, again, it all just goes back to the the core concept of sharing information. Mm-hmm. It, it was just kind of this boom of information being readily available to everyone, and even people sharing opinions about topics and subjects. And I believe that it started out in a in a very liberating and healthy way. And I'm not really sure what to make of it nowadays, though. 
do you think that maybe in the beginning it was more kind of like an open space for people to come and yeah, kind was... of dialogue about things they were interested in? Because I know like Reddit can actually have very specific, I don't know what they call them, like subreddits or whatever. They're very specific to certain items and people can kind of like branch off of one item, create right. their own subreddit and say, hey, like I'd like to talk deeper about this subject or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people can chime in and answer questions or right. debate about certain things. Well, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, it was it was an open forum. Mm-hmm. It was a place that people could come and freely speak. And you were anonymous because you could have your right. screen name or whatever, but people didn't know who you were or where you were at. Well, and I could be wrong about this, but I also feel that it was probably easier to be anonymous then. Sure. I mean, that was also the point in time where, you know, you saw the rise of online predators and stuff. Mm, yeah. That that's always the interesting thing about innovation. Sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Chris Hansen. <laughs> sure. Man, what a mess! That's a that's a creep. Like I've watched, I like sometimes I'll go back and watch some of those episodes. Like, man, it's kind of it's kind of creepy, man. Mess. It's weird. Yeah, where there's innovation and there's intellect being shared, there's also evil that awaits. Mm-hmm. So right. things came out that to me probably was the beginning of censorship. I think we had a very diplomatic form of censorship, especially in the very early years of, you know, this information boom. I think now it all varies. It all varies from what platform or what source mm-hmm. it comes from now. Um, who's which in is, charge? Which is, which is an issue because, you know, the original concept of the internet was free area for people to openly share information. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is it's been fascinating to see that type of technology evolve and, um, and what it's become and what it can do now and the power that it holds over people, especially social media. Social media, social media is a prism of chaos, man. It really is. I mean, Holy I see people shit. constantly saying, you know, I've, I had to get off social media for my, my health, for my mental health. Absolutely. It's so, and, and, and I'm not sure, I mean, I'm sure it, you know, I mean, we all know that, you know, especially with the news and people reacting, it, there's a lot of negativity going around. But I think, too, knowing too much about everybody else and everything that's going on in anybody's life is not a good thing either. I think it's well, very right. different from earlier years is that people didn't necessarily know what so-and-so was doing unless you were close to them or they were still in your hometown or whatever. Right. We're, we're allowing the world to see what's going on in our lives, yet we're, we're screaming that our privacy is being invaded mm-hmm. when we literally are an open portal to that. <laughs> it's like people talking it's about... It's a paradox. Like, oh, you know, the government's going to put chips in you to track you. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, I'm like, they know everything about you and they oh, don't even yeah. have to put any effort into it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, oh, like, you're carrying around a cell phone. You don't think that's not a tracking yeah. device in itself, but... Yeah, in every way, shape, and form. It's a fascinating subject to watch technology evolve. Um, you know, which, I mean, we've talked about cryptocurrency before. That's kind of a new technology yeah. that's on a, you know, that's on a new frontier. But um, I remember that. I remember the internet. I remember the primitive stages of It was of the lawless internet. back in the days. It was. I believe that everything that's created the machine that it is today were done with good intentions. Initially. Right. right. The path to hell is paved in good intentions. Is that, is that what people say? Isn't that like a saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. There's also an alternative that says hell is full of good meanings, but heaven is full of good works. <laughs> the Luciferian Rebellion. We're having dialogues with people who are very devout, and, and I would, you know, sometimes I would quiz them about certain things that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And. Were you quizzing them on knowledge that you already had had obtained? No, or were you no, them just out of because I didn't un- I didn't initially understand it. So you know, trying to understand their belief in in 
God and salvation and how are right. you saved. How it's achieved. I said, you know, I, I would give kind of like scenarios to try to understand well, how does it work. So I would give a scenario and say, well, okay, so you say that um, you have to be, you know, you have to, you know, to, in their beliefs that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior mm-hmm. uh, with your whole heart and, and, and you can seek salvation and be saved. Right. Um, but I said, so what if somebody exists on earth and maybe they never for whatever reason, never get to that point where they accept Jesus Christ, but they've done nothing but be a good person all their life and do good in the world. And they told me that. They would they would say, well, you know, good good deeds don't get you into heaven. <laughs> but, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know. That was, to them, that was the truth. Like, And I would even post weird questions like, okay, so what if there's this, you know, island off in the middle of the Pacific and nobody's ever explored and there are these, these these people that exist on this island they've never had any interactions with the outside world they've never seen a Bible they don't know who Jesus Christ is and they just exist in their little community in their world mm-hmm. you know and they die obviously they don't know who Jesus Christ is they can't accept him mm-hmm. you know are, are they are they damned because of that and they say yes that's, that's the truth because they say that's why there are uh, missionaries that are supposed to go out and right. spread the word but yeah, I, was I don't gonna... know it always made me kind of question things, and it like, you know, it kind of sounds kind of. Well, I was going to say that's what that's what the mission, t- to my understanding, that that's what the purpose of the missionaries are, you know, Spread to save to save souls, you know. Um, but but what's really cool about missionary work is they go to spread their gospel to these people, but they also bring they bring care with them. Kind of like first world stuff, if right? You know, where right. They come from. Like maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll help them with building something or mm-hmm. you know making a well or. Or like like medical help. I also like to think about it on the flip side because I think it's incredible what these people do. But I'm also curious. The faith drives them, drives them to do that. Mm-hmm. Without that faith, would they be there right now? Probably not. They would say probably not. Mm-hmm. But my question was even so: What if missionaries never make it to this place, and these people never have that opportunity mm-hmm. to learn that? Right. They may have their own set of beliefs that they've developed from what they do understand of the world, mm-hmm. and. And I guess I was always curious as what justifies them being damned because they didn't understand, you know, they never learned the existence of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always think that's kind of a moot point, though. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I mean, it's, uh, I guess that's why I question it so much. You know, I'd give scenarios like that just because I was curious. I'm like, how do you, how do you, um, in your belief, justify that? Justify that, right. But I think to answer that question, you have to dig a little bit deeper, though. I think you have to analyze what is the message that you're sending. To them, the events that unfolded with the crucifixion of Jesus, they are under the impression that these events solidified humanity and being absolved of sins through the acceptance of Christ. Correct. So we generally worship and revere Jesus as a person. I mean, think about it. You know, there's many churches that have statues of them or crosses. There's an entire religion. Christianity. Right, right. I mean, everything is established on this martyrdom that happened. Mm-hmm. That is what establishes their belief set, that when they go do this type of work, it's not even necessarily their job, it's their duty to spread this word and to let these people know purpose. that you can be saved, that you don't have to do this, you don't have to live in this pain forever. There is a way to achieve peace, and we can try to help you do that. And I think that's admirable. But I think if you take away the the martyr aspect of Jesus and you analyze him for what he was teaching, I think the umbrella of all his teachings were simple. 
And that was that love is sacrifice. That was the message he was conveying to me when he willingly allowed the Romans execute him. His message was solidified there on that day. And I believe that a lot of the message he was teaching prior has fallen away from that event. Because Jesus was a very deep character. He was a man that people listened to. And it always kind of circles back to around this topic that me and you talk about frequently. But a lot of the lost gospels that fill in a lot of plot holes that are missing from the current New Testament. Or the Gnostic text is what, it was what they're also, you know, we also refer to them as. Um, the reason why that's important is because there's a very dense element of spirituality in the Lost Gospels when it comes to Jesus and his teachings and some of the things that he said. And, and, and one of the things that I always really enjoy about reading them is the fact that it portrays him as, as very much of a man who felt real emotions, who felt pain and desires and grief that a human felt. But he was someone who was so solidified, he had an unshakable resolve, something that could not be broken. And that's admirable. That's something to respect. That man went and willingly died for something that he believed in. Doesn't matter if it was, if it was right or wrong, that event was impactful enough to change the world and the way that people look at things now. Do you think he, do you think he knew that it was going to make that kind of a difference? I think he hoped it would. And I believe that's the, the significance when you're analyzing the story and the biblical events that happened, you know, throughout the New Testament. But I think people miss the thing that truly captivated people of that era with Jesus. Those people were captivated by what he was teaching. And a lot of these texts that fill in these plot holes talk about his wisdom and how profound and deep it was, far beyond what we generally know in the New Testament. I mean, yes, Jesus taught, you know, he, he prevented a woman from being stoned to death. He, he spoke on the mount and demonstrated the power of spirituality and people coming together. I mean, he was, he was a radical for his time. Or what I believe to be the biggest irony about Jesus was how anti-organized religion he was. Yet Christianity is probably the most organized and dominant religion in the world now. It's so ironic. From an informative standpoint, and a general curiosity about spirituality, I always think that it's, it's a pretty powerful story. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. His teachings are pretty profound. Well, I mean, it's... it's He's, he had some very radical it did, teachings. It did change the world. Did. <laughs> Do you think that that is sort of the purpose of humanity, too, is to... Well, I don't think you have to know about Jesus to be able to achieve that. I, I guess kind of in line with what you were saying is, I guess you could achieve that level of humanity without necessarily having to know that history right it, it, you're saying that you would feel and probably and i really feel the same way that that you can still become the type of human being that jesus wanted to try to educate people about and and, and discover your humanity even if you don't know his story i think it's still achievable that right makes sense it's it's the law of entropy everything naturally decays it needs constant improvement, constant maintenance, and everything is subject to that. Even we as humans are subject to entropy. From the day you're born, you start dying, basically. Correct, right. <laughs> the clock started, right. That's what I believe is sometimes where we fail as a modern society, is to once again become philosophers. I agree with that. Yeah. I really do. That's why I always question that. That's why I always question that stuff. I mean, well, you weren't really saying either. anything. I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking. I was pondering. I was yeah. just... Perception is the most powerful tool. 
That's why they said, what's that buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. I, I'm so in love with you. It's a classic. Hey, Chris, as always, it was fun. It was fun hanging out with you tonight, man. If you guys like what you heard, we're streaming on all major platforms, and we are available on our social media websites, on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay true, stay real, stay righteous.